It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. 11 to 1. Monday Motivation. Motivation. My next guest's childhood was far from easy and a variety of different factors led him to suffering an eating disorder, bulimia, aged 10, where his weight plummeted to just three stone. His teen years were also turbulent, arguments at home, anger at himself, his life uh, built up and aged 17, he actually wanted to end it all until he found God. He believes that by opening up his mind to the possibility of God's existence, things began to change for the better. He finally spoke out about how he was feeling, which was a huge step towards getting his life on track. Today life couldn't be more different. He's working in a job he loves in Dublin. He's surrounded by great friends and he's passionate about speaking about mental health issues in order to help others. I'm delighted to welcome back Patrick Brown from Blackrock to 11 to 1. How are we doing Patrick? Hello Sinead. How are you getting on? Fantastic. How are you? I am great. Listen, it's fantastic to have you back on the show. I mentioned there actually before 12 News that we uh, spoke to you back at uh, the start of this year when you were very much promoting SoSad and the work that SoSad do. And you spoke so passionately about, you know, mental health and speaking out and all of that, that we had to invite you back onto the, the show for Monday Motivation. But take me back because your childhood was not easy. And when you were just 10 years of age, things got so bad that you actually developed an eating disorder. Tell me what led to this point. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Um, I suppose, like, like most people's childhood, they remember just different bits and pieces of it, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I, I suppose for me, obviously a lot of those points stick out more than most, which was that time in my life when I had um, some form of eating disorder or there was just something wrong with me. Um, that was all I could think about at the time because, I mean, I don't think back then things like bulimia and all that kind of stuff were talked about as much. Um, so I just knew that there was something wrong with me. I didn't know exactly what it was. Um, it was this fear, um, if I can describe it, of, of just eating food, to be honest. Um, and it wasn't a thing where I would eat food and then make myself get sick, um, which obviously some people are known to do. But it was a thing where I can just remember growing up around that age where I'd be sitting at the dinner table and I'd just sit there if I mean, to be quite honest you know, um, 
I just sort of, the same piece of food in my mouth the whole time till everyone was done and then I go and maybe spit that up somewhere or something like that. So so that was one of my first earliest recollections of experiencing something that was wrong or maybe something that was amiss, which was which was quite um stark at the time. Okay. And you know, ten is such a young age for this to be happening. Do you do you remember what was going through your your mind at this stage? Was it kind of a, a form of control that you had by not eating uh, that was kind of tied into, you know, how you felt about your body and your own self image? Definitely. I mean, I, I think those things are starting to, to come to the fore. They really kind of reveal themselves, you know, deeper in, into my teenage years. It was around the, the 10 years of age mark, where I suppose, <clears throat> I don't know, I was a very scared boy. You know, I, I was a very scared child. I, I we didn't have, um, I suppose you could say, well, I didn't have a bad childhood. Mm. You know, I mean, I, I really didn't want for anything at all. I had a great upbringing. My mum brought me and um, my three sisters and then later on my younger brother up virtually by herself, you know. So um, I think back then, um, I was very susceptible to, to being scared, you know. I found myself having nightmares a lot. I found myself, even back then, being prone to panic attacks. And there was a bit of bullying that went on in primary school, which, again, um, I suppose left me scared, for want mm. of a better word. So I was very prone to things going wrong. I always kind of felt there was just seasons in my life as a child where um, I go to periods of having headaches, um, I go to periods of not being able to sleep. And then the, the one I saw that sticks out the most where there was a time when I was that scared that I was scared to eat, to be quite honest. And so mm-hmm. that led to that period of my life where, again, some sort of eating disorder that took place. And that led to, I suppose, my weight dropping quite rapidly. So I suppose it came to a head where my mom actually, bless her, didn't believe me for a while. And, and that was, I suppose, with me constantly saying, I feel sick and I can't go to school and this, that and the other. Of course, the age-old tale of, I suppose, the boy that cried wolf came up where she just thought I was trying to get out of school. Yeah. And you know what? To be honest, it probably was times that I was. <laughs> but, of course, when things, I suppose, started to come to fruition a little bit, and she's saying that was quite unwell. I think she came into my room one time. She's seen how weak I was, kept me off school, and it became apparent that, right, okay, there's something, there's something not quite right here. And, you know, this must have been so isolating because as we've touched on there, you know, eating disorders was not something that was spoken about, particularly, and even to today even, you know, particularly when it comes to to boys and men. So that must have been so, so difficult for you. How did you kind of um, overcome this? How did you get back control again in terms of the eating? Sure. I mean, you know what? When I say it was something that I grew out of, I, I don't want to say that just to dismiss it as mm. something completely. You know, I really, really, really want people to, to, to be aware of that, is that there is some things that do enter your life as a phase. Yeah. And like all phase, it has a beginning, middle and end, but ultimately does come to an end. And that doesn't mean that it's any less serious as, as anything that we go through. But again, the only answer I can give that is that it did actually pass and that it did actually go out of it. I suppose I got tired of being sick all the time and being weak and then gradually started to, I suppose, improve my diet. Yeah, and, and then, you know, as as you mentioned there, like a lot of this can be tied into, you know, anxiety, as you mentioned, you know, this feeling of kind of I, I, my tummy doesn't feel well, which can yeah. lead to just not eating as well. Um, so yeah. absolutely. And it's when that kind of dies down that you can kind of regain strength and everything else. Um. Your teenage years as well were, were also quite turbulent. You've touched on it there. You had an awful lot of anger as well around that time. Like I suppose a lot of teenagers go through yeah, this as well. Absolutely. But tell me about that time because your head wasn't in a good place at all then. 
it wasn't, unfortunately. And again, I think because you have a myriad of things going on at that time where I think you kind of don't know which way is up, you know, with, with what's going on within your mind, within your body. And obviously, like, I think young people, especially today, and I'm grateful for the time that I grew up because I don't know if I'd like as much to be growing up or being a teenager today because mm. it's so, so difficult with everything that's been going on. And not to mention the obvious elephant in the room, namely COVID-19, being a teenager today with all that kind of stuff. Back then, though, I mean, I can remember it was just the, I suppose, periods in life where I was just scared of something worried about something and you touched on it there I always had anxiety in my stomach mm. and through through different things um, and again same thing y- 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 you become worried about certain things and then you become angry at yourself for being worried and then because you're angry at yourself that just builds up to I, I don't know this cauldron of emotions that I had of, of anger towards myself other people and what my situation was and that led to be me even as a teenager being very very anxious all the time about a lot of things used to worry about what people used to say about me, what people used to think about me. Because again, what I used to say about myself wasn't great. Mm. And what I used to think about myself wasn't great either. So I'm thinking, if I'm thinking this about myself, what is everyone else thinking about me? You know, the the local shopping centre, the marshes, I remember walking there many times and having to walk back out because I was so overwhelmed with the size of it, the amount of people that were there. I remember walking to a town and having to think, I have to stick close to a bathroom in case I have to get sick. You know, these things would be going through my mind where I couldn't travel anywhere, I couldn't even get into a car, get on a bus, because again, I'd be so worried about actually getting sick that that would, I suppose, um, stop me from doing certain things and going places. But all that, as you say, really comes to fore in my teenage years, because again, I suppose it was just built up over the years, mm. if, if I'm being honest. And, you know, you're describing such a you know, an awful scenario for yourself. And one of the things that yeah. we spoke about uh, before today was, you know, putting on a different persona. This is something that um, a lot of young people do. You know, they put on a different persona to fit into a particular yeah. group. You did this a lot. You can you can relate to this. This was very unhealthy as well for you. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think a lot of young people do something like that today just through social media. I think they can present um, whatever image of themselves that they want quite easily. You know, um, you can showcase what you want and all that kind of stuff. Whereas for me, I used to do that in real life. I used to act a certain way. I used to tell people that I did certain things. Not to, I suppose, try and pull the wool over people's eyes with that intention, but I just wanted people to like me. You know, mm. I wanted people to think I was actually um, cool or whatever. I suppose you could use that expression. But yeah, I, I used to put on a, a bit of an act with the intention of just trying to be accepted by people and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. It was a big thing for me for a long, long time. And you decided to do something quite drastic when you were 17. You felt mm. you'd gotten to such a low point that you actually didn't want to live anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's one of the things that um, I, I think different people can relate to in different ways. But for me, there was incidents through my life of, of self-harm mm. where it wanted to become a distraction for myself where I would self-harm to try and I suppose just take my attention away from what was going on inside or and all that kind of stuff. I suppose one of the instances that I've actually w- written about is um, I found myself on top of a fire escape, um, I think it was in the back of my school actually, and um, I remember just standing at the top of Sinead and just looking over the top at the ground below and trying to really judge and guess and work out that if I jumped off, would it do away with me would, would this do mm. it or would it just really give me 
bunch of broken bones or whatever, you know. And and that was, a, I suppose, a really big wake up call. The fact that I was generally, I suppose, putting a bit of plan to action and and really giving that some thought, you know, it was quite a scary thing. And was there a light bulb moment when you thought, was this the light bulb moment maybe that you thought, you know what, this is not right. I can't be thinking like this. I need to actually speak about what these dark thoughts are doing to me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I suppose that there was an incident. Um, I struggle to remember what age it was again, because there were so many things that kind of came at me at different times. I, I can't remember dates and, and, and times mm. and so on, but there was a time before so it was actually... Um, assaulted walking home and um, again that left me quite traumatised from going to school as such so it meant that I had to get a lift to and from school every day for for quite a period of time after that but that actually led to me going to see the school counsellor about what had happened and he actually you know of course again recommended professional counselling maybe that was something I'd be interested in and from that there was that instance where we unpacked a lot of other stuff as well as the obvious stuff. I've just been attacked, so there's a trauma that comes with that. But of course, we unpacked a lot of things during that time, you know. Um, a lot of counsellors will sit down and talk about something called a family of origin, you know, what 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 make what makeup makes up who you are and, and your thought process and how you see and deal with things. Because I do feel trauma is such a powerful thing that when something really bad happens to you, you see a lot of stuff through the gauze of that trauma, you know. Mm. Um, for me, the big fear was actually getting so sick because I was so anxious all the time. So that actually stopped me from doing a lot of things in my life because I was so afraid of getting sick and, and so on. And I think when I went to counselling to talk about all this sort of stuff, we talked about, as I mentioned, the family of origin. And then that brought up things that maybe I kind of had to start to have a look at. That light bulb moment that you mentioned that maybe, you know what, I didn't have a dad growing up. Like, mm. how has that affected me? Or did it affect me? Or is it something worth talking about or even thinking? Some of the things that I went through, I had to start to weigh in and decide, right, how many of these things are, I suppose, playing a part in how I am today? What's off there that has been dealt with? Or what's off hasn't been dealt with? You know, so that, that, that caused me to... to ask a lot of questions about myself, yeah. And, you know, you did, and something you've been very vocal about, which I think is so admirable, particularly in somebody who's a young person, because, you know, as you mentioned, trying to be cool there and all the rest of it, uh, mentioning Mm -hmm. the fact that you found God and, you know, God has been a source of of strength and happiness for you with your faith. That's not necessarily the thing that you might hear a young person saying. But tell me about this, because this has been very much, you know, the kind of uh, one of the elements that have helped in terms of putting your life back on track. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I think again because I mean people have so many different understandings and views on God and religion and all of these different things. You know, and that can be again same thing like we mentioned about the trauma. Mm. People's view and opinion of God can be entirely based on their experience of Him or their experience of people that that represent Him or, or church or, or whatever what they see on TV. You know what I mean? So. I think for me, again, I'm so lucky and blessed to say that my experience of God was something very, very tangible and something very, very real within the church that I attend here in Dawkins, all that kind of stuff, where, again, one of the big absences in my life what, what was, was it that when he mm. wasn't on, on the scene and so he didn't have that culture, that mentor or that friend in that sense, but I experienced God in that way as a loving father, as what the, you know, the, the Bible says about him and all that kind of stuff. And that was something that I experienced to be so, so real and so, so true 
from that I took that, you know what, no matter what happens to me or no matter what I experience, um, I know that fact about God to be very, very true. And that how he feels about me and how he loves me will never change, no matter what I say and do. My feelings will change, my situation will change, what I go through will change, but I know how God feels about me will never change. So that makes it all okay then. All of a sudden it kind of felt that, you know what, everything inside me can be all right mm. and everything around me can be all wrong because I know for an absolute fact that um, the love of God is something that is eternal and real and very, very tangible. And that's something that I experience in, in different facets, you know, over my teenage years that I suppose anchored me a little bit and brought me through some of the, some of the darker times. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you, you uh, as you said there, bringing you to the darkness, you know, it's a, it's a source of comfort, absolutely. Was, you know, getting in touch with God, your faith, uh, was that key then to rebuilding fractured relationships within your family? Yeah, I mean, I, suppose, I, mean, I, I think I obviously have to do quite a bit of rebuilding on myself to, to do that. And obviously, you know, in, in 2021 Ireland, I, I struggled to see the, the perfect Irish family, you know. Like, yeah, anyway. um, I, yeah I there's I no perfect. Think, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't think it exists at all. You know, if it does, people need to write a book about it because they need to learn about it. Um, it, it definitely was, uh, I suppose, because um, it, it, it was something that was paramount in my life, my faith in God that I knew was constant and, and, and didn't change. And it exposed the fact that, 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 I, that I had to, to work on me because, I mean, I had to change the, the focus from, I really wish, you know, they would change or that would change. No, no, no. I, I needed to change mm. because my problems may not change themselves, but if I change, maybe how I deal with them can. And so, therefore, the results could be different. Why? Because I'm different. So, therefore, the process is different, you know. So that really, really was when, when it came to, my family again. I, I don't sit here, Sinead, and say that I've really gotten a grip on things. Um, in fact, I've really learned that I have a lot more stuff to get a grip on. <laughs> well, it's a process, you know. It's it's a Massive. you know, and and it's as time goes on, this is what happens. But you're making an awful lot of sense there. If you could go back in time, okay, mm. you can't change anything, but you could have a chat maybe with ten year old Patrick, and he's yeah. suffering from anxiety, and he doesn't know what's going on with him. Uh, you can impart some advice to him. What would you like ten year old you to know? Mm. Yeah, well, I definitely change up some of the hairstyle and effort choices over the years, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Because, you know, I mean, my days, I could have done myself a lot of favours if I hadn't done some of that stuff, uh, <laughs> you know. But, you know, in, in, in all seriousness, if I go back, um, the, the one thing I try and drill into my mind is that you, you are worth, you know, life is worth living and, and you are worth life. 100% because that was something that used to cripple me quite a lot that I used to contemplate that maybe my life wasn't worth living and then maybe I myself wasn't worth our life you know so that was something that I really struggled with for a long time that'd be one of the big things that, that I, I, I'd say to myself that you know you are worth having a life and your life is worth living you know so yeah th- th- that'd be one of the things that I would say to me uh, at that point that is fantastic and I think a lot of people can take that on board it's a really good mm. mantra to have for yourself maybe when, when times are difficult mm. you know I have to mention as well you, uh, because I mentioned at the start you know when you were chatting to us back in January um, you were you d- decided to run the event for So Sad you know as we mentioned you're extremely passionate about speaking out about mental health issues yeah. and about encouraging others to open up that event was a huge success wasn't it? It was, it was a great success. Thanks so much for asking, Sinead. Obviously, when we were chatting the last time, we, we 
were um, getting the run for life um, off the ground, if you'll excuse the pun. And uh, we wanted to raise as much money as we could for SOSAD and Dock. Obviously, they have offices in Drogheda and Dock, Navin and um, Carrickmacross, uh, I believe. And they are working with over 600 people um, at the minute who are um, experiencing and receiving uh, weekly calls and support and dealing with some of the stuff that they're dealing with. So thankfully, through the efforts and obviously the, the time that we have with yourselves in January, we raised over €2,800. Euro. Fantastic. Which we made a formal donation there a couple of weeks back to them and, and that has been a massive help to them in, in the work that they do. So it's, it's been amazing. It's been fantastic, you know, and I suppose that that, that would be one of the things that, that I'd say even here and now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, if we focus on a problem, it will always never be a problem. In fact, you know, I mean, I find sometimes when you, when you focus on something and overthink about it, it develops eyes and ears and claws and all sorts of stuff. You can overthink it and the problem can become bigger than what it actually is. So I think if you try and endeavour to shift and start to maybe deal with the problem and, and, and go about doing something about it, it can actually resolve it to a degree. Like, I mean, what that done for me and my own mental health during this time, I, I, I can't describe it to no end. It was absolutely fantastic and amazing thing to be a part of. Mm. Oh, well, Patrick, I think what you're doing is fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to share your story with us and speak so candidly. It's been wonderful having you back on 11 mm-hmm. to 1. Thank you so much for joining us for Monday Motivation. Not at all. It was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 